0: We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCACHurch.com. And join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. It's supper time. I've been having this impressed upon me for a few weeks now. I kind of put it off a couple of times. And uh, so now is the time. I believe from now through Christmas, God's going to speak to all of us in this place about our homes. I love this time of year. I mean, if you love fall, I love this time of the year. The leaves are changing colors. They're beautiful here in Ponca City. Man, they're gorgeous. The air's getting colder. It was good until fall festival, right? Then it just drops. Does that every year? I love this time of the year because it reminds me of when I was growing up. Fall time always was a special time around our dining room table at our house. We had a meal all the time, every day. And when I was growing up, we had this thing called supper time. So let me ask you, I need you to give me a survey. I need you to vote one or the other. How many of you call this breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Raise your hands. Quite a few of you. Yeah, how many of you call it breakfast, dinner, and supper? Okay, I'm at home. I thought I was going to be a ghost. <laughs> Southern people have supper. I understand. I was raised with supper, and supper was a great time. Both of my parents worked. So it was the only time of the day everybody stopped came around the dining room table, and we actually talked. My mom and dad were the kind of parents that I was basically an only child. My brother's nine years older, so it was three of us sitting around the table. But my dad loved to talk. I wonder where I got that from. He loved to laugh. So our dining room table was a place of love and laughter and fun. Now, how many of you had a dining room table at supper time? Everybody said, No talking around the table. Raise your hand. That was not our table. Lots of fun, lots of talking. And so today, I brought a dining room table in because in the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with the family. We've had a lot of messages on the Holy Spirit, empowerment. This series, I believe, will speak to every one of us on a day to day level. How do I live in my home as a Christian? I believe we're losing something and we need to regain it again. In my heart, I'm very passionate about this because I believe as a church, we've got to take our families back. And I know that times have changed. I know that. I know that the family... It's not what it used to be. It doesn't look like it used to look. When I was growing up, the family looked like a father, a mother, and children. You may not have that family today. You may be absent a father, absent a mother. You may have some children, some foster children, some stepchildren. I don't know what your family looks like. But I do know this one thing. That times may have changed. But God's Word does not. The structure for the family is still the same. It's still the same. It hasn't changed. Cultures change. Times change. How many of you grew up with a television that only had three channels? Oh, yeah. We had a television with three channels. We had an antenna. Know what that is? Was your antenna beside the living room window? So you can raise the window, stick your arm out, and turn the antenna. And I was the antenna turner. Turn it. Okay. Hold it right there. Not that, that. Now go back the other way. Not that way, the other way. And as soon as you let go, it just somehow messed up again. How many of you had to wait? I know some of you young people won't realize this. But there are people here today who actually had to wait for a certain night at a certain time for your favorite TV show to come on. How many of you had to wait for that? Yeah. Today with Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff, man, you don't have to wait. This is another thing. I'm just gonna I'm gonna get right down in your houses, okay? In your homes. Maybe nobody will admit to this. It's happened to me. I'm a pastor, nobody has to raise their hands. But do you remember the time when your favorite TV show was on, commercials came on? Remember those? You couldn't fast forward, just had to watch it. And that was your time to go to the restaurant. But inadvertently, most every time, you would hear this It's back on! No! I've been waiting all week to see Green Acres. What's going to happen? Petticoat Junction, Get Smart, all those great shows. Andy Griffith, anybody Andy Griffith people in here? Come on. It's back on. Ah! You can't stop it. You can't rewind it. Hey, how many of you had a phone stuck to the wall? (laughs) With different reeds on it for different party lines. How many of you listen to somebody else's conversation in the parking lot? Come on! (laughs) Repent! (laughs) Yes. Times have
1: changed
0: for the better. I love that my phone is in my pocket, in my hand. Matter of fact, if you have your phone, take it out today. Go to your Facebook page, and there's a little thing up there that says check in. Check in to Ponca City Assembly. Let your friends know where you're at. So go to your Facebook page and do that. I love the fact that I have access to almost the entire world right here. It's a wonderful blessing. Or it can be a detrimental to families. I love the fact that our television has hundreds of channels and yet nothing is on. Can't find anything to watch. I love the fact that I can make it go fast forward through the commercials, rewind it, watch that again. I love that. I don't have to wait. I can watch it whenever I want to. Thank God for that. Because I was always the kid that went to school on Monday morning and did not know what happened on Walt Disney World that night before because it came on when church started. Never got to watch it. All the kids in school were talking about, did you see what happened last night? No, I didn't. Why? I was in church. Church. Remember church on Sunday night? Wow, things have changed. But God's word has not changed when it comes to the family, when it comes to the dining room table, when it comes to supper time. And so today, I want to talk about the roles of the family. And so I thought, the roles of the family? What's on the dinner table? Well, we have some great water because everybody needs water, right? Jesus said, I am water, and if you drink of me, you'll. Never what? Thirst again. we got to have some water. Thank the Lord for water. But then,
1: Amen.
0: oh my goodness, you have no idea what I have. Today, I have Mrs. Pat's homemade rolls. Ooh, and the whole church said Amen. Amen. <laughs> Wow. Ah. So I thought, If I'm going to talk about the roles of the family, I should be able to eat rolls during the Sunday. Hey, I'm the pastor. When you preach, you do what you want to do. But no, here's what I thought. I thought today that I would talk about the roles of the family. And so to start off with, I want to talk about the roles of the father. So maybe, uh, I think you're a dad, aren't you? Won't you have a roll, sir? I was going to throw them like they do at Lambert's, but then somebody may go, "Where's oh, Pastor's hands?" <laughs> okay, uh, are you? Are your father? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I've never had
0: people volunteer in this church <laughs>
1: until now.
0: Now we have somebody going. I, I'm a father. Yes, I am. I am who I say I am. Roll. Most times in our society today, we do not understand the roles of the family members because it's not been taught or because we think, well, times have changed, Pastor. Times have changed. So the family has changed. No. The roles are still the same. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33, and it says this. As a matter of fact, it's in captioned by instructions for the Christian household, if you have the NIV Bible. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the first thing as a pastor, I have to say is this. Everybody in the family submits. Everybody. Why? We're doing it in respect and reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we submit as unto the Lord. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why? Because you make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Wow. And you present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. The very first thing we got to do is submit ourselves to God. Everybody in the family. The husband is the one who submits himself to God. Because of that submission, he now has been given the authority to love his wife. The head cannot live without the body. And the body cannot live without the head. So the two have become one. So in your house, there's to be no division, but you're both to come together as one. So husbands are to love their wives. I've had men in the past, I've been in this thing over 30 years. I've had men tell me in my office, in their living rooms, wherever the conversation may be happening. Well, Pastor, my wife is to submit to me and she's to do what I tell her to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> I'm thankful you are still alive. <laughs> I've been married 40 years. I think I know a little bit about marriage. I think I know a little bit about the word of God. I have not yet ever found a woman that when her husband submits to God and takes his rightful place, that she has always been willing to submit to her husband. Always. I've never found an exception to that in 30 plus years of ministry, 40 years of being married. The problem is when a man does not submit to God. Because when a man submits to God, that's his role, he will then have God's will in the family. Not his will, but God's will. Because the two have become one. You've got to love your wife. Listen, men, we have to love our wives as we love ourselves. And we build our wives up. One of the first things I remember my dad saying to me very sternly as his role in the family Don't you ever talk to your mother like that again. Anybody ever heard that? Has anybody said that in the last 10 to 15 years? I knew I did not talk to my mama like that. Why? Because my dad loved his wife. And he respected her and honored her. And I was going to do the same. No exceptions. A man, when he loves his wife, he builds her up. When he talks about her to all of his friends, he builds her up. She is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. She's the most wonderful wife in the world. She loves me when when I'm unlovable. She's the most wonderful wife and mother in the world. You see, God gives a husband a wife and a wife a husband. The Bible says that when one of us falls down, The other one is there to pick them up. If I fall, she picks me up. If she falls, I pick her up. Why? Because we're one. She completes me and I complete her. And we work together as a team because, listen, I'm a very smart man. God made me that way. Only because I'm smart enough to know my role. I'm smart enough to submit myself to God in all things. God then begins to put his will into my life and her life, and together we walk through life together. I build her up in front of our children. I never, ever have said to our children, your mother's the dumbest, stupidest woman I've ever met in my life. Ever. She is sorry, the sorriest mother ever. Those words never come out of my mouth. Why? Because my job is to love her and to build her up. When I talk to all my friends, you know, a lot of times there's wife bashing going on among guys. I've never done that. I tell myself, I'm the kind of wife you got, but God gave me the best. She's smart. She married me. Come on. She's intelligent. This lady has gifts that I don't have, and that's what God does. A man has gifts, a woman has gifts, and he puts them together. Because without each other, they are lacking some gifts. I have certain gifts, but she has wonderful gifts. She's one of the great hostesses you'll ever have. If she ever invites you to the house, come. She'll treat you so wonderfully. She makes the table beautiful. She makes our house a home. She gives warmth to it. She makes all of the celebrations in our families wonderful I mean, I don't think about all the things that need to be done for birthdays. She does. We need cake and ice cream. Well, I thought about those. But we've got to have decorations. (laughs) She starts thinking about their gifts a year before we need to give them a gift. I start the night before. Oh, yeah, we got to get something for them. I tell everybody at Christmas time, the way I know God gives me the right gift for my wife is I go to the the stores on Christmas Eve, and whatever's left, that was what God.
1: (laughs) Has said for me to buy for her.
0: But she doesn't do that. She already knows. May have already bought my Christmas present. She's wonderful. And she loves our children in ways that I cannot love our children. She has this warmth and compassion. And sometimes I'm a little bit more rigid and, and black and white. And she comes along and softens it up and makes it right. And it just makes our marriage and our home wonderful. Because I build her up. I love her. So that's my first role, love her. Second role is to lead her. I've got to lead my wife. That means when I'm leading, I'm ahead of her. Right here, but ahead of her. I'm saying this is the way God wants our family to walk and to live. Why? Because I'm submitting myself to God, and God's will becomes my will, and my will becomes her will, and we are one. We make decisions together. She's the CFO of a bank, man. Four banks. Four banks. She's smart. You think I'm going to run around and make all my decisions by myself? No. She has gifts I don't have. Let's talk this thing out. Let's work this thing out. I can tell you, how many of you had financial problems when you first got married as to who's going to handle the money? Well, growing up in the South, I thought, that's a man's job. Handle the money. And that's OK. If that's how it works in your family. Wonderful. It did not work in our family. I made a mess of the finances because I am so stingy that if it was left up to me, she tells me, if it was left up to pastor, we would be living in a cardboard box with uh, egg crates we found somewhere sitting on them. I'm just so cheap. She makes our home wonderful. She buys all this stuff.
1: I just need a paper plate,
0: plastic fork, and I'm good, man. You know, That's all, that's all I need. But she makes our home a home. And she's smart. We tried all these ways. You know, the envelope system put all the money in the envelope's name and all that. That didn't work because we'd take money from this one putting it up. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And then, okay, I'm going to run the checkbook, but then I forget to write a check down. And then, then okay, she's going to, uh, we had duplicate checks, and we, then we had two separate accounts, and on and on the list. So finally, after seven years, I just said, hey, you take it. been good ever since. I can tell you in 33 years, I have not even asked what is the balance of our checking account. I don't know. I don't care.
1: (laughs) I got so many other things I've got
0: to do. That's her role in our marriage. We figured that out together. Thank God she's smart. So men, you need to look at your wife as a gift from God. Build her up, but then lead her in the ways of the Lord. And, And you pray for her. You encourage her. I tell her every day, multiple times, I love you. That's not an accident. I had to work on making that part of my life. I had to do it intentionally. I'm going to tell her every time, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you're beautiful, and you have this trait and that trait. Build her up. Why? Because we're leading our families. We're men. And you know, because I lead her that way, she respects me and honors me. Because she knows I'm a man of God. Yes. I'm that way here, and I'm that way at home. Are you, are my kids will tell you, Dad is the same all the time. He doesn't change. He's the same guy all the time. And we 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 have these roles in our life because uh, we got to understand this is what I do. We got to submit to God. Now, ladies, what's your role? <coughs> we have any moms in the house today? Say, I'm a mom. I'm proud to be a mom. I'm a great mom. Oh, we got some hands going. On. I love it when a son raises his mom's hand. Hey, that's
1: good. There
0: you go. There's your roll. Awesome. This son raises his mom's hand. Hey, he's like, that's a good mom. Would you pass that down to that mom? Let her pick a roll out. Oh, that's your what? That's your husband. I'm sorry. Are you hurt? Okay. Right. Hey, I was way up there. You look at the other, that's a compliment. You're on There you go. Listen. Now here's something that, that we don't want to talk about today. But the Bible says that wives are to submit to their husbands. That that word <laughs> submit is a bad word in our society today. But that means I give up all my rights and I give up. No, 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 no. You are giving authority to someone else. When a man submits to God, he submits to the authority of a superior force, which is God. When a woman submits to a man, she says, I will submit to your leadership because you are led by God. I have never been a proponent of a woman being abused by a man in, in this way of submissiveness. Never. A man cannot tell his wife to submit if he is not submitted to God. You see the authority flow chart God has? Man submits to God, woman submits to the man. Why? Because this is the way God sets it up. If your family is different, if maybe the lady's the head of the household, then you submit to God and get God's authority in your home. Because your home needs to be under the authority and the blessings of God. Without that, everything's gonna go haywire. Everything's gonna go crazy. So wives, you need to submit to your husbands. It does not mean that he mistreats you. It does not mean that he tells you you're horrible. But it means that you submit to the authority because the authority of God is in him. Submission is made possible when it follows God's design. Yeah. God's design. There are times in our marriage we have decisions to make that are heavy. And there are times that neither one of us know the right answer. But she will. you know what she will say? Honey, I know you're praying about this. I know you're asking God's will. So whatever you think God's will is in this decision, you make that decision. She defers to me. Why? Because I am the head of the house. And when I stand before God, it's going to be me, my wife standing behind me, and my kids behind her. And God's going to look at the man in the house and go, you're responsible. You have the responsibility of this household. A lot of men I've had them tell me through the years, all that church stuff, all that Jesusy stuff, the Bible stuff—that's my wife's job. I don't get involved in all that. I just go to work, make money, come home, and she takes care of all that Jesusy, churchy stuff. Wrong. Wrong. It's the husband's role to take care of all that Jesusy, churchy stuff. It's the husband's role to get up on Sunday morning and go, "Hey, guys." Let's get up. Let's go to church. Yeah. We're here to serve God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He, he shows his family how to be a leader by his words and actions, right? Okay, so wives. Get this thing right. This is how it works. Then it says this. I've had this question, but well, what if I have a non-believing spouse? My husband, my wife's not a Christian. Well, let's look at the Word of God. First Corinthians chapter 7, 12 through 16 says this. To the rest of the people I say, because Paul's been talking about staying single, having this gift of being single. But if you don't have the gift, then, then get married. So the ones that are going to get married. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? You see, if you're a believer, your spouse is not. You are to be an example to them. That's right. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 that the wife of, a, of an unbelieving husband is to have a gentle and quiet spirit about her. Why? Because that is what draws the unbelieving spouse to Christ. Uh, if you're the believer, you don't get up on Sunday morning and say, I don't know if you're sorry old dad's going to go to church or not. To, are you going to be a sinner again today, honey, you stay at home? No. If you're the believing husband, you quietly get you and your kids ready for church. Ask your wife, ask your husband, are you going to church with us today? No, I'm going to stay home. Okay, we're going to go to church. We'll be back in a little while. But you cannot let the unbelieving spouse take you from out of serving God. You've got to serve God. Be a believer. Show them what God has changed in your life so that they want what you have. And when you're going through hard times, keep a quiet, gentle spirit. When you're going through the tough times, lead them through your example as Christ because you can sanctify your unbelieving spouse and your children are sanctified through your example. We've gotta learn how this works. I had a lady in one of my churches, she came to church for 15 years every Sunday morning and every Sunday morning she would ask me, husband to go to church? No, okay? 15 years she prayed for them. Every time we opened the altar, she was the first one up front and I go by and say, what can I help you pray today? She says, my, my husband. Weeping. And crying. 15 years that went on. One Sunday morning after 15 years something different happened. She went to get up and her husband was already out of bed. And he walks back in the room and said, are you going to get up and are we going to church today or not? <laughs> yeah. Got up, helped her get the kids ready. She was shocked. She was in amazement. They came to church, and while I was preaching, he ran to the front. What well, I mean preaching about salvation at that moment? Ran to the front, gave his heart to the Lord. Why? Because a believing spouse understood her reasoning for being in the household is to lead my husband, who is an unbelieving spouse. Listen, if you're married to an unbelieving spouse, don't give up on them. Pray for them. Love them. Show them Jesus Christ and all that you're doing. But serve God first. Submit to God. Be the one in your household that submits to God so that your children will be blessed. Yeah. Now, that that's your role. Now, now, let's talk about kids. How many of you got kids? How many of you teenagers got parents? Every one of you do. Everybody here has parents. So what are the children's roles? Wow, wow. I got a lot to talk about here. How many of you have a parent? Get a roll, man. It's all good. I know you're in football. They're going to the playoffs next week. New uh, get a roll. So I roll. Lane, <laughs> wasn't it? Old people. Okay. When I was growing up, the parents just weren't the big people in the house. The parents were the parents. And uh, we didn't have a lot of discussions. How many of you of my generation, or maybe all of you, how many of you, your parents asked you, honey, what would you like to eat for dinner
1: tonight?
0: <laughs> we got one, but she is not of my generation. My parents never asked me what that I want to eat. My parents told me you're going to eat whatever's on the table. Amen. Times have changed. Uh, you're going to finish everything on your plate before, or you're not leaving. Amen. So let, let's look and see what the Word of God says about what the the children, the kids, are supposed to. Ephesians six one through four. Children, God, he goes right out. Boom, obey your parents. Amen. Wow, in the Lord, for this is right. Then it says, honor your father and your mother. Honor which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you. How many of you want it to go well with you? You guys want it to go well with you? Okay. It will go well with you and you can enjoy a long life here on this earth. Yeah. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instructions of the Lord. Children, obey your parents. That's an action word. That means by your actions, you do what your parents tell you to do. And all the parents said? Amen. Come on, I thought it would be stronger. This is your chance, mom and dad, to reassert your biblical role in the family. We are the parents. What we say in our house goes in our house. I told my kids, I told my son, you can live like a prince. I told my daughter, you can live like a princess. Or you can live like a prisoner. Your choice. (laughs) If you obey me, Keep my commandments in my house, you will enjoy a long life. (laughs) And it will go well with you. But if you disobey and break my commandments, you will find the wrath of dad and mom. And you will be a prisoner in this house. And we kept our word. Don't mess with mom and dad. This is not a point of discussion. This is not, uh, well, we're going to talk about this. No, we're not. Uh, I hear kids, they tell their parents, well, you're not the boss of me. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah. And if I got in trouble in school, it wasn't the teacher's fault. If my parents got word that I got in trouble in school, I got in more trouble at home.
1: Because my mom and dad
0: taught me what honor means. You honor everybody in authority over your life. We need teachers to have the honor they're supposed to have in the classroom. And we keep taking it away. And it's time to put that back into our classroom. <laughs> they're the boss. And if they tell you your kid acted up, your kid acted up. Oh, I'm little Johnny. Not I'm my little, I'm little Sally. Yeah, they did. Bust them a good one. How many of you got a whooping? don't have a racial.
1: My dad read
0: the Bible. And especially that part. He read, spare the rods, boil the child. He read that a lot. And he read the part that if a father loves his child, he will discipline his child. He read that a lot. I was extremely loved by my parents. But it did not hurt me a bit. Now this whole thing, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. And that, that's not true. It hurt me more than it hurt my dad. But he was a disciplinarian, and I thank God for it. Because he taught me how to honor authority. He taught me how to honor my mom and my dad first. He taught me how to honor my teachers second and my coaches. Man, I would have never back taught my coach. First of all, back in the day when coaches grab your helmet and sling you all over the field. <laughs> they don't do that today, do they? They cuss. All our coaches cuss. It's like you have to be. If you can be a coach, you got to cuss. And they cussed us out on oh, me. How sorry. we <laughs> I never went home and go, my dad, my coach, I just don't feel like he loves me. <laughs> I'm not feeling that. Times have changed, I understand that, but there still has to be authority at whatever level you make that authority. Now, we one time, we 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 had we one time grounded one of our kids. I'm not gonna say which one.
1: <laughs> worst, worst mistake ever!
0: We were grounded, not hurt.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my lord, worst month of my life. we we'll ground grounded for a month. I showed you uh, You don't disobey your daddy's life. Well, I should have just whooped her. That would have lasted 30 seconds, but the grounding lasted for a month. I was I was imprisoned in my old house for a month. Oh, you, you gotta take Tiffany here to why? You can't, she can't drive. Why not? Because you grounded her. Oh. <laughs> so we never grounded again. Everybody knew what you need to do. And I'm saying be the authority in your home. And kids obey your parents.
1: Right.
0: Amen. Don't talk back to them. Don't tell them they're not the boss. You, you can't make me do that. If I would have said that to my father, I would have really picked up my face on the next count. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I honored my father and my mother. It's not because they deserved it at all times, but it's because they are my parents. And that's who I honor so it may live well and have a long life. I want to live a long life. (laughs) My parents had mistakes. Me and Sammy made mistakes. No parents are are perfect. But it did say, when your parents are right, obey them. It said, obey your parents. We've got to put that back into our homes again. That's the father's role. That's the mother's role. We are not to be running around chasing our kids everywhere and our kids telling us what we should be doing. Now listen, times have changed. Nowadays, parents have to have their kids involved in everything. That's okay. I got dads working triple and overtime and stuff just so they can afford for their kids to be in everything. That's fine. Times have changed. But don't let your kids run the house. Amen. Amen. You take control of the house again. Because you're the ones that are on the role of God saying, hey, you're an authority. You're not going to stand before God and go, but, but my kids... It's your job, but 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 my kids, no. You see, I want us to take this back. It's supper time. We 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 need to have time again. To, not, we don't need to have the drive-through dinners all the time. I know it's convenient. What you want? Okay, it's going be let's go to McDonald's. Get a toy here. Be quiet. <laughs> Put a DVD in the thing and say, "Hey, shut up!" do I want to hear you. Give me an iPad. Be quiet. That's where we're at. Give me your phone. I just I just need some peace and quiet. I, listen, we've got to get back to reclaiming our homes for God. Amen. To where this is God's place in our life and this is God's house and this is the way we roll in our families. Yeah. These are our roles. The father submits to God, the wife submits to the husband, and the kids submit to the parents. It all works in God's frame. Yes. Yeah. If you want to have a long and enjoyable life, obey. And then it says honor. That's your attitude attitude. My dad corrected my attitude. He kept me out of so much trouble. When I moved to Texas, I I was a young, strong, married man, and and I got stopped by a Texas patrolman. I've never had this happen, but he comes up and knocks on my window. I roll it down and say, good morning, sir. How are you doing? He goes, you're speeding, ain't you, boy? boy, boy. Well, I got to tell you, everything inside of this uh, 19-year-old uh, freshly married young man. Somebody <laughs> called me boy. <laughs> don't do it today. I don't like that. Don't call me boy. I'm not a boy. I'm not your boy.
1: <laughs> and he had
0: on that flat brimmed hat looking down. And boy. Everything inside of me. But then I remember the words of my dad. On um, kept me out of jail that day. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, in my flesh. I had to bring it under submission. Oh, don't call me boy. I, I deserve some respect here. It keeps me out of problems. Okay. Honor teaches you how to not only honor your parents, but your teachers, your coaches, and then it teaches you how to honor policemen. We need to have honor back in our policemen oh, again. Man. Whatever they say, they're the authority Amen. They stop you, you are speaking. Don't lie, no. Yeah, yeah. Then We need to put that back. Now these people are talking horrible about our police force. Shooting them for no reason. We have a society that is out of God's will. Because the roles are gotten all messed up. Honor policemen. Honor your boss. Your boss tells you something to do, you do it because he's the one or she's the one in authority. You don't sit around and go, but I really don't want to go into work. It Doesn't matter. Your boss said go to work, go to work. Your boss says do this, you do this. Why? Because he's your boss. She's your boss. You honor those in authority. It'll keep you out of trouble. And I learned all that in my home from my mom and my dad. You may go, well, I didn't learn it. Well, learn it now. It'll save you a bunch of trouble. Fathers, here's your role with children. Let me hurry. Because the father is to have a role with the children, not blame it all and put it all on the mom. Here's what it says. It says this, that we are not to exasperate our children. Well, that's a big word. What does it mean? Dads, father? do not tell your kids to do one thing, and then you yourself do something different. Come on. You can't tell your kids don't talk to your mama like that if you're talking to their mama like that. You can't tell the kids, you better pray and read your Bible and go to church if you don't do it. You know, I've I've seen parents who are doing certain things tell their kids they can't do it. I'm like, you can't, that's exasperating. Kids look at you and go, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my mom. And then they are like you and you go, don't be like me. (laughs) They got your genes. Your DNA, courses through their bodies. Of course they're going to be like you. I've got grandkids that are like me. That's a lot of responsibility. If I bless my family, my blessings go from generation to generation. But if I'm a bad example, it goes from generation to generation.
1: Right.
0: We, we know that that Nadia and Poppy's house, <clears throat> we have dinner table. We, we fight the fight. No iPads at the table, no phones at the table, but matter of fact, for the most part, none of that happens at our house, period. We had a fall festival, and Sandy and I were over the paper airplane folding tables. I did that because you know why? Parents don't spend time teaching their kids how to fold a paper airplane anymore. You need to teach your kids how to fold a paper airplane. Maybe you need to do it this afternoon. Spend some time with your kids doing something. Don't exasperate them. Don't come home, I'm tired, I'm hungry. Woman, give me some tea. I need some tea. Ugh, sit down in the chair and leave me alone. We got got people putting all their effort into work And no effort into their families And what are you taking to heaven? Your family Uh, What are you an example of? Your family You need to come home and go My second job and my most important job just took over Leave all the work stuff at work and walk in Boom, now your dad, now your your wife Whatever it is, I'm the one I got to make sure this house rolls right I got to take my position and make this thing happen I understand being tired. Listen, I, I've worked double shift, work, triple shift works in my life. I've worked from three o'clock in the afternoon till seven o'clock the next morning, and still had to walk into my house and be an example to my kids and my wife. I walk in, hey, honey, what can I do to help you get the kids ready for school? Let's get them washed. Let's get them go. Let's go. Let's go, and help her get things. What can I do to help you? And then all that's done, then they leave and like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. My role is not to sit in the recliner and boss everybody around. My role is to get up and help my wife make a home. My role is to build her up. My role is not to exasperate my children, but I do what? I train my children. Training means I take this that is probably bent, because the Bible says when we are born, we are bent towards certain things. I take that which is bent, and I begin to mold it, and hold it, and straighten it up toward God and have a right relationship with God. So I'm training them to look to God, first and foremost, for everything in their life. And then I give them instructions. I teach them how to live. When our kids got money from the tooth fairy, I don't know what happened to the tooth fairy, but that girl somehow made some wise investments. My teeth, I got a nickel for My kids, I think, got a quarter, maybe a dollar. I don't know what the tooth fairy left them. But I heard a kid this last week got $100. I'm not kidding. I'm like, what? I know they were worth 100 Something happened to the tooth fairy. Wow. But when our kids got money from the tooth fairy, no matter what it was, you know what we taught them? 10% goes to tithe. What's 10% of a quarter? 2.5 cents. Let's round it up to a nickel. God bless you. We taught them to round up. We taught them to teach. The first thing we taught them was finances. Every time they got any money, 10% of that goes to God. And today they tie Why? Because they have been trained and instructed, and I led them in that. This is what we do. It is not an option. We love God. We serve God. We submit to God in all of our ways. Then once you teach them those things, as they grow up, you can teach them in the things of God. I led my kids to the Lord at home, not at church. Because that's where kids get led to the Lord at home. Every night you have a chance, every morning, whatever it is, to lead them to God. Do it. If if you don't know if your kids are Christian, I ask them, have you received the Lord Jesus Christ? If they haven't, go, would you like to? I'm your father. I'm your mother. It's my spiritual role to lead my family to Christ. Ah, Most exciting days in our life when our kids, we knew they were old enough to understand and they said the sinner's prayer. Tears pouring down their faces. I went, man. Yeah. Beautiful times. Because that's how we roll. That's my role. That's her role. Our kids roll. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is what my house is about. That's what your house is about. And it becomes a home. And so I thought about this and I looked at our society and things have changed. We got to teach our young people about dating because every date could be a mate you got to understand that. You've got to teach your kids about morality. Our morality issues have gone out the window today. But don't exasperate them. Don't live one way and tell them to live another. we got to teach our kids how to walk and talk in Christ. And so I'm kind of bringing this together real quick. But I want us to come back to supper time. I believe this is one place where we can get our family back. The nucleus of the church is the family. The nucleus of society is the family. As the family goes, so goes the church, and so goes society. So when I look at our society, I know that our churches are in trouble. When I look at our churches, I know that society is telling us it's a mess. Because things are nowhere close to looking like God's word says it should look. So we've got to come back. The church has got to take its role. The church has got to come back to instructing families. This is how we live as men and women of God in our home. And it's going to take time. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But we've got to save our homes, save our families. If we do, we save our churches and we save society. And God gets exalted. God gets lifted up in our schools. We've got school teachers here. I met a young lady this morning who's a guest. Her husband's a French teacher at Ponca City. We, our teachers need to be exalted again. Our policemen need to be exalted. Our coaches, those in authority. We've got to get this thing back into the right perspective. Right. And so today I'm going to give all of you a challenge. There's some papers on the end of the pews. I need our ushers to come and hand these out to everybody. But it's a challenge. So I need some some of the ushers to come and hand these out. But I'm calling it supper, time suggestion. Pray before the meal. You see, if you want to learn something about a family, invite their kids to your house. Your kids tell us everything. (laughs) When we were were youth pastors and young pastors, we'd invite other kids over because our kids could play with them. We'd go to pray before the meal. they go, oh, my mom and dad don't pray. Really? Your dad's a deacon. (laughs) I got a problem that my deacons ain't praying before a meal because this thing filters through the whole church. Pray before a meal. I want to challenge you to eat at least one to two meals a week together. Turn off all the electronics. You may be saying, oh, Pastor, you have just asked the Impossible. No, Mom, Dad, it, all things are possible to him that believes. Turn off the gadgets. Remove all the distractions. Listen, we we fight the fight at our house. I made poppy burgers yesterday. We're all going to sit. If I work on that grill for an hour, you all going to eat this stuff. Suggestion because it might be awkward if you're not used to this. What do we do? Just sit at the table and look at each other? No. Why don't you ask somebody, hey, what was the best and the worst part of your day? Hey, how was your day? That's, that's what we do around our dinner. How was your day? What's the best part? What's the worst part? Is there anything we need to pray about? If you start talking to your kids, your kids will start talking to you. And if you start talking to your wife, your wife will start talking to you. If you start talking to your husband, your husband will be you're like, this is amazing. I know mean, this is possible. But what's your favorite place to go? What is your favorite place to go? Did we talk about places all over the world. There was a week ago, there was a billion something dollars in the lottery. How? Be honest. How many of you had the discussion? What if we won? If we win, we're going to pay our time first. And we will receive that tithe gladly. Then, God, here's what we're going to do. We're going to help kids and stuff like that. And I'm buying me a yacht. And I'm buying me a big old honking house. And I'm going to thumb up all the people who've been mean to me all my life. (laughs) Because I don't care. (laughs) Talk with your family. I want you to stand with me this morning. What is your role? Everybody has a role. You have a role as a father. I've had fathers and mothers tell me that they love their kids more than their spouse. No. My wife asked me one time, Do you love our kids more than you love me? I said, absolutely not. Impossible. Because without you, I don't have my kids. And guess what? My kids have grown and gone now, and we have each other. Best time of our life. We've told our kids, thank God you're gone. (laughs) Because that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't want to rob them of getting married and have their own life, have their own families, and they know their roles. Now it's up to them to take their place. Not my job, their job. But when they come back to my house, guess what? Everything submits back to my authority. There are things we do in my house, there's things we don't do. They may do them in their houses. I don't care. This is my house. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I spent over an hour yesterday between the morning load ins and the concerts making poppy burgers and bouncing a rubber ball with my granddaughter. We had a blast. I taught her how to catch. She taught me how to laugh. It's so much fun. Because I'm calling us back to time. I'm calling us back to a time where we meet with our families and we once again discover the joy that God has given to you. The joy of your home. The joy of your spouse, your husband, your wife, your kids. The Bible says that Kids are a blessing from God. They would do well if everybody's quiver was full. My kids have always been a blessing. There's been times I've had to correct and train them. They would go this way, but uh-uh, uh-uh you're going this way. Absolutely. There have been times my wife and I have disagreed. Absolutely. Can't live, be married for 40 years without having discussions. We're here today after 40 years of marriage because I submit to God. That's got to happen first. So this morning, I don't want anybody to leave. This is more important than whatever you're going to do in the next 10 minutes. Your family is the most important thing in the world. It's the only thing you're taking out of here.
1: Message. And join us anytime at PCACHurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.